inquiries. It's time to scale up this July with MTN. MTN. Hello, good afternoon. This is the Midday News. The news is live on Joy 99.7 in Accra, Love 99.5 in Kumasi, affiliates across Ghana's 16 regions, including Jubilee Radio Keta, Sun City Radio Keta, Saboba FM Saboba, and A1 Radio Bolgatanga. We are live on Twitter Spaces, Facebook live stream, and my Joy Online interactive app. The midday news is sponsored by DuraPlus Ghana Limited, producers of quality PVC pipes and water tank. Where DuraPlus goes, water flows. Coming up, NPP flag bearer aspirants want party to implement decentralized superdelegates conference in a credible and transparent manner as they express disappointment with the party's decision to ignore their calls for a centralized poll. They must be prepared to be firm and to be transparent. We don't think that it's a decision that ignores to the benefits of all the aspirants. One aspirant, Vice President Dr. Mahmoud Baumia, is however satisfied with the current arrangement. The position of the team has been as it was before the decision, that it didn't matter either way to the campaign team. The party has meanwhile served notice of cracking the whip on party members who breach a yet-to-be-announced code of conduct. Also this afternoon, we explore the failings of the 8th Parliament. We have decided to do politics rather than business. I'm saying it. This equal number of parliament has brought the worst in MPs. This parliament, the 8th Parliament, has made the least number of laws. We ask our MPs putting their personal and partisan interests ahead of their constituents. If you're frustrated, you should just bring the at least where, where 92 of his members and we'll do business. That whether, whether the table turn or not, the constitution will remain the same. Also in this package, over a million dollars, an unspecified amount of CDs said to have been stolen from the residence of Sanitation Minister Cecilia Abnadapa. Five persons have so far been arrested and charged at an Accra circuit court. We have details and in sports. The national teams will just not leave the news. This time, the player selection criteria is being questioned by a football legend. We'll tell you who soon. And much later, Ghanaian rapper Sakodye reveals he sneaked into the studio to record Try Me in response to Evan Nelson's book because he did not want his team to convince him not to respond. I just literally want to do what I felt at that mm. point. Um, um, I sneaked into the studio to even record this. I didn't <laughs> let nobody hear it. If I be honest, today I don't believe it. Cause me can't me I'm a doctor, make sure you say you don't need it. After conversation, either you sent me a text, someone down for me with Dr. B, but you know he's the best. We've got details of these and more here on the Midday News with me, Bernice Abubedulansa. Do stay for details. staying on your election headquarters and now there are calls from the camp of some MPP flag bearer aspirants for a credible and transparent superdelegates conference. This comes in the wake of the party turning down a request to hold centralized polls. Yabwabi Asamoa speaks for the campaign team of Alan Tramating, Benjamin Ashite for Boatia Jako and Nano Brin Kansa for Dr. Kofi Kunedu Apreku. 
disappointed that the party leadership could not seize this opportunity to reassert control of the party. However, I think going forward, they can demonstrate that they are in charge by the way they implement the decision uh, of the National Council, however disappointing. The implementation will demonstrate their readiness to meet the aspirations of the grassroots of the party. So they must be prepared to be firm and to be transparent. It is rather unfortunate that uh, the party took that decision for the superdelegate elections to be held on regional basis. We, Tim Wachejaku, believe that uh, the election should have been held at a centralized place. We don't think that it's a decision that inures to the benefits of all the aspirants. Decision to decentralize the voting, uh, on our side, we don't agree to it. Uh, even if it has anything to go by, even the voting at the floor have not, did not give them the chance to do, decentralize it. But I think the national executive have made their mind. I don't know, maybe we have to seek other ways of addressing this. I don't know the reason why the national executive is trying to impose this on us. You had spokespersons of Alan Tremating, Boachie Jaku, and Dr. Kofi Kunedu Apreku. Well, the concerns are not the same for Team Baumia. His camp is satisfied with, with the process. Nanakomia is campaign spokesperson. National Council also caution our aspirants and by extension their campaign supporters or members that it has taken notice well the position of the team has been as it was before the decision that it didn't matter either way to the campaign team if the voting was going to take place at one place or it was going to take place at um, different places across the country it really didn't matter and um, what matters now is that the right body to take that decision has taken the decision. I, the decision was done after due consideration and, and hearing the other people who had a different opinion, hearing them out and then having their debate and coming out to the decision. So what matters now is that a decision has been taken. Apologies for the earlier mishap. You just heard Nana Komia. He's campaign spokesperson for Dr. Mahmoud Baumia's team. Let's now bring in chairman of the NPP's Council of Elders, Hakman Ogusuajaman. Good afternoon to you and thank you for joining me on the Midday News. First, sir, beyond the fact that your party has previously used this decentralized system, what influenced your decision, especially at a time where most of your aspirants say they prefer a centralized one? Well, I believe um, they made a petition, uh, submitted it to a steering committee, which was not close with the power to make the decisions. So it was sent to the National Council for decisions. Unprecedented, we asked all of them to come over and put the case. And I think three or four of their members spoke at the National Council. Others also did speak with regard to various positions that individuals are taking. At the end of the day, uh, as we always do, we had a, a vote. And there was an overwhelming vote in favor of maintaining the status quo. And uh, in other words, we should do it as we've always done. And that there was no 
justifiable reason to change what we have done before. Uh, the National Council is made up of over 70 members. And these are party um, members of some distinguished background. And I don't think anything untoward happened. If you made a proposal to the council, and for one reason or the other, the proposal did not carry it, it did not go through. There's no need to be upset about it. We have done it before. If we go by precedent, we've done it before. It was acceptable to all the sundry who participated in the process. And I believe that this time too, it will be done. Mm. One thing that we are assuring them, the National Council of Elders, the whole party, is that everything will be done with utmost transparency and, without and it, fear or favor. I'm sorry to and interject. I don't think mm. in, in any way, whatever happened yesterday, in the way it goes to undermine the transparency of the process in any way. Mr. Usajaman, so you've spoken about this assurance and the aspirants have had it. Beyond the talk, what exactly are you putting in place to ensure that the process is credible and free and fair? Uh, we've all done elections before. You and I have all voted before. When you talk about the credibility of elections, it means there's no intimidation. One. Two. Everything is above board. All their agents have access to the materials as has been agreed by the elections committee. By the way, we have to set up also an elections committee, which was done yesterday. And all this will be done to the extent that nobody will have cause to complain that he has been intimidated or has been denied uh, fair access to whatever is due to them as candidates for the uh, flag membership of the party. So I don't think there's an issue at all. As it is, votes were taken, it's done. So as, as a democratic institution, we go forward. Right. And all uh, we have to do is make sure that everybody is satisfied with the processes and procedures which are in no way sort of weighted in favor mm. of any of the candidates. All right. I appreciate your time this afternoon. That's Chairman of the NPP's Council of Elders, Hakman Owusu Ajaman, and we'll be staying in touch even as the party prepares for the Super Delegates con Congress. And meanwhile, the General Secretary of the NPP, Justin Frimpong-Kudia, has indicated the party will issue election guidelines today. Stay with us. This is your election headquarters. And now for the first time in the history of Ghana, the 8th Parliament ushered in a speaker from the opposition NDC with the 137 MPs on each side. The hung nature offered hope for a lot of Ghanaians who expected that the split nature of the House will make MPs alive to their oversight role over the executive. It's been over two years now. Their performance, conduct and approach to the business on the floor has been nothing but worse, these are not my words. They are the words of the first Deputy Speaker of Parliament, Joseph Osayusu. At this time, in the Parliament of Ghana, leaders don't have control. The backbench have control. So the number of backbench and, and the orientation of backbench you bring in will determine what you get. We have decided to do politics rather than business. I'm saying it. This 
equal number of parliament had brought the West in MPs. I've repeated it, I will repeat it again. This parliament, the eighth parliament, has made the least number of laws. We have not cooperated as we did in the past. That's the uh, first Deputy Speaker of Parliament, Joseph Osei-Wusu. So there have been boycotts, raising of corns. These have been the recent tools adopted by the minority side to stall business on the floor. But Chief Whip governs Kwame Abuja says his side is only going with the dictates of the Constitution. We, we, are, we, are, we are doing the best we can do to let business go on. Mm. But the house keeps adjourning. No business is getting done. Well, this constitutional. We don't have uh, one half of parliament available. That is why we are gent. It's not, it's not part of your strategy because another person is clearly frustrated. He says you are reneging on the agreements you make in conclave. You are explaining that. If you're frustrated, you should just bring the at least where 92 of his members and we'll do business. Well, that, whether, whether the table turn or not, the constitution will remain the same. Uh, even if the, the table turns, the constitution will require 92 members to be in the chamber to form a decent group. Minority Chief Whip governs Kwame Abuja speaking to my colleague Kwekwa Sante. Let's go to Parliament now. Uh, Kwekwa Sante is our parliamentary correspondent. He's standing by engaging two MPs on the subject. Kwekwa, what are your guests saying? Right, so I have Honorable Andrew Darichi with him here. Um, just a, a while ago, I was speaking with the deputy majority leader who is now involved in the conversation with the majority leader. So I'll get to him shortly. But Honorable Chief, yesterday we heard from the deputy speaker who said that this parliament is becoming the worst in the country's history. In fact, your side is being blamed for some of the inaction in the House, your consistent raising of quorum matters and all that. That is strangulating business in the House. How do you respond to this claim, first and foremost? I, I think maybe the district speaker wanted to say this government is the worst government in the history of Ghana. Uh, this government is a government of vindictiveness, a government that starts a lot of equalization. And so the leadership, the leadership of the majority, they're the ones that are creating all these things with the, the government. Because uh, if you're a government, you have your leadership in parliament, and then you think that you use laws and other things to intimidate uh, the, uh, those who are not in your government or those who are not in your party, this is what you get. This is the result. But there's government business to be done. So if you come on the floor and you keep raising matters of quorum, you strangulate government business. Why can't you put aside the sequences matter and perform your responsibilities as a member of members let's, of parliament? Let's just put that sequences issue aside. Ask yourself, how many members of parliament do they have? They have 137 members of parliament. 92 members of parliament needed in the chamber to do business. Where were the rest? We didn't get up to 92 members of parliament. And so how on earth do you blame this on the, majority, uh, the minority? Because they needed 92 members of parliament and they have 137. And so the, 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 the deputy speaker should be blaming the entity members of parliament. You should be blaming the MPP uh, uh, leader in parliament. You should be blaming the whip. You should be blaming all their leadership, including himself. Including himself. Yes. Thank you very much, Honorable Chiwiti. So, Ben, uh, before you take it over, the, the minority leadership are addressing a news conference about a leaked tape that purported to remove the IGP. Let's, let's listen to Amaboa uh, in terms of what exactly they want to do about it. The authenticity of that leaked tape. Yesterday in that uh, interview, our uh, senior Bugrinabu uh, basically cleared that down and basically confirmed that indeed that meeting took place. And that 
that leaked was authentic. Now, it's very, very clear. We also heard that uh, two of his secretaries at uh, the interview showed uh, us a picture by the NIB. I think it's important that we revisit this matter this morning. One, we call on this parliament to basically continue that investigation, independent investigation. And so the speaker had directed that we uh, nominate members who have already done that. We believe that that committee must begin work as quickly as possible. So, Ben, is the minority now saying that they expect that investigation to start earnestly as soon as next week? They are just informing us journalists that they have submitted the three names on both sides of the aisle to the Speaker of Parliament as he directed last two weeks, and that they expect the Speaker of Parliament and leadership to converge to pick a member, a private person who is not a, a member of Parliament, to join in this committee. They are making these claims on the back of that interview with Bukri Nabo yesterday, which has gone public, which he confirmed that he was indeed one of the NPP persons in the tape. He confirms all the things that have been said. They say that that makes the work of the committee clear-cut because, in fact, if you look at the committee's terms of reference, there is one of one of the things you have to do is to verify the authenticity of Right, that's quick question to the joining us from Parliament. Away from the House, more than a million dollars and other items have been stolen from the residence of Sanitation Minister Cecilia Abnadapa. Prosecutors say an amount of 300,000 euros and millions of CDs were also stolen from her Abilimpe residence. Five persons have so far been arrested and slapped with charges bothering on stealing and dishonestly receiving. Legal Affairs correspondent Joseph Akable joins me with more. First of who are these five individuals and what are they all in court for? And so there are two house helps of the minister, 18-year-old Patience Butre and 30-year-old Sarah Ajay. And there's also Patience's father, her current and ex-boyfriend as well, Benjamin Malik Dauda and Kweku Butre. They've also been arrested and charged. The claim of stealing is against the house helps, whereas the current ex-boyfriend and her father are said to have received various amounts of money, hence the offence of dishonestly receiving. And Joseph, these amounts are huge. Do we have a sense of how they were stolen? I mean, was it over a period of time? Yes, over a period of time, but they were taken from her bedroom, uh, the minister's bedroom, which she shares with her husband. We are told that in June this year, the minister discovered that some items and money had been stolen, so she reported the matter to the police. Patients had earlier been found to have entered the room using a duplicate key. She was arrested and granted bail, but she went into hiding. Uh, together with her boyfriend, she said to have rented a three-bedroom apartment at Tamale for more than 100,000 cities, as well as a store at a cost of 120,000 cities. When she was arrested, the police retrieved $40,000 and more than 72,000 cities from her upon the second arrest. Uh, she's also alleged to have bought a house at a cost of $70,000 here in Accra at Amrahia and furnished it with brand new items. She also bought a Hyundai Elantra for her boyfriend and also gave her ex-boyfriend an amount of 100,000 cities and her father 50,000 cities. And Joseph, does it specify exactly how long this happened? A year or two? Do we know that? And so clothes valued at uh, 95,000 uh, cities of, uh, uh, in terms of what has been taken over the period. Yeah. Uh, it's happened over a period. We are told that we are looking at uh, almost a year uh, interval in terms of when the allegation was made and what mm. the investigation has uncovered. So clothes valued at 95,000 cities. Jewelries valued at... Um, at $95,000, then Kente cloth worth 90,000 cities and six sets of men's suits valued at $3,000, which are properties of the minister's husband. 
Legal Affairs Correspondent Joseph Akable there. We've now been joined by Vitus Azim. He's an anti-corruption crusader. Great to have you here, Mr. Azim. What, what do you make of all this? Well, it, it's not strange because uh, we've been having suspicions about these things. When the dollar was just going up, up, up people were suspicious that people were hoarding it. And so it's not surprising that one individual is keeping one million US dollars in his or her, her apartment. And you see, that is what is creating this problem for this country. That's just one person. What if we have five? What if we have 10 people having that amount of money in their, 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 their homes? Why would the city continue to lose value? And because the person is a public officer, we are concerned. If the person was not a public officer, we can say, well, maybe he's doing, she or she's doing business and they're making the money. But if, but because the person is a public official, it is of concern to us. And, and so beyond the prosecution, which has to do with those who are allegedly stole from her, what should be done with these concerns that have been raised by yourself? And not only you, uh, because former President John Ramani Mahama has been tweeting. He says a million dollars, 300,000 euros and millions of cities in a Ghanaian minister's home. Scandalous. Even if genuinely acquired, why keep millions of hard currency at home? Will Nane Kufado ever set a good example for public office holders in his administration? So beyond the prosecutions, what what more should be done to address these concerns that have been raised? You see, the prosecution is targeted at, at, at those who illegally took the monies. But now we need to investigate the owners of those monies and properties. And, and I'm saying that we need to do about three different types of investigations. The Ghana Revenue Authority needs to find out how they have made this money, whether they are doing business or their gifts or their disposal of assets. And if they are, then they should be, be paying taxes on them. Then the, the, the officer of special prosecutor need to do his uh, lifestyle audit to find out how this problem able to get this money, and of course the commission of human rights needs to also find out whether the the, the, the minister filed declared her assets when she came in as minister, and if she did, how much did she declare these things or not? If she did not declare, then the question is how did she get this money during the last time that she went to. to public office and today. Right, finally, before you go, Shraj will have to be petitioned, but the president, former president, has asked if the president will do anything about this. Who do you expect to be champion in this investigation you're talking about? Well, an ordinary citizen can petition Shraj, but as for the president, I'm, 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 I'm afraid the president is not likely to do anything about it. The president may even come out and say, oh, the, the lady has done nothing wrong with his personal money. Thank you for your time this afternoon. That's Mr. Vitus Azim. He is an anti-corruption campaigner. You're listening to the Midday News here on Joy 99.7 FM, brought to you by Duraplast, producers of quality PVC pipes and water tank. Still to come, Borg Oil Storage and Transportation Company says it only has fuel reserves to last four weeks and will have to rely on private sector players if there's a major crisis that cuts external supply to the country. We have inventory, the strategic reserve levy, which is meant solely for strategic reserve, has been zeroed out since 2006. Imagine say water wake up at dawn, in all both, in no chop, where it vanished for your area for two weeks. Uh-huh. You not get one drop safe inside your tanku. Hey. Our life was in dangerous. Only our neighbor gets water with water tank. Water, water tank? Yes, water tank. 
Mamma mia. That water tank gets meter for checking water level. That water tank be fine past Kumasi Selenium. <laughs> that water tank be tough like Ghana Army. That water tank, they carry water pe pe pe. So say some logo left inside the supply tank. Mm. What a tank. Ask my boss, Mr. Foncho Gotok. <laughs> Beautiful, durable, with water level indicator and accurate volume of water. Water tank. What a tank by Duraplast. Grateful that you stayed here on the Midday News on Joy 99.7 FM. It's now time for sports with Michelle Queno. Hello, Benis. We are discussing the national football teams and legend Ibrahim Sande is questioning the criteria for selection of players across all levels. While the Black Queens have recently put smiles on the faces of Ghanaians, Sunday's Inquisition is on the back of the Black Stars, Satellites and Meteors' recent uninspiring performances. When a player plays two, three matches and he does well, that doesn't mean that he is uh, a good product for the national team. I think uh, we have to change our attitude of selecting players to the national teams. Uh, if we do that, maybe maybe it will help us. In 1971, Sunday became only the second player and first Ghanaian to win the CAF Player of the Year award. But men who have never and might never win the CAF Player of the Year award will be on game plan from 1.15pm. Join friends with Tariu and the gang on the same now. We definitely will. Thank you, Michelle. Now, the bulk oil storage and transportation company, Bost, says it only has fuel reserves to last four weeks and would have to rely on private sector players if there's a major crisis that cuts external supply to the country. Bost is mandated to build strategic reserve stocks to meet a minimum of six weeks of national consumption in the short to medium term and increase stock levels to 12 weeks in the long term. But its managing director, Edwin Alfred, Provencal has revealed to Joy News the company has not been able to build a reserve since 2016. This is due to lack of funds. He spoke to George Riafe on PM Express Business Edition last night. Uh, do you have strategic reserves? Uh, is that we have inventory. I don't call that inventory. Yes, help the Pakujo layman work. Yeah, so I actually I'm sold off my tanks. Okay. But they are, not called, they are not strategic reserves. Why? Because nobody's paying for strategic reserves. The strategic reserve levy, which is meant solely for strategic reserve, mm. has been zeroed out since 2006. Who? I don't know. Mm. Uh, the NPA, obviously, got that. That's Managing Director of BOST, Edwin Alfred Provencal, speaking to George Riafe on PM. PM Express Business Edition last night. He's also calling for the conversion of some existing fuel levies into strategic reserve levy. Now, 1,066 persons lost their lives out of 6,904 reported road crashes in the first six months of 2023. According to a road safety report, the Greater Accra region has the highest contribution with 2,886 crashes and 231 fatalities. The Public Relations Office of the National Road Safety Authority, Pearl Edusu Satakla, says that although the Commission is working to reduce the incidence of road crashes, road users should take some responsibility when using roads. We don't take the responsibility into our own hands by doing the right thing on the road, constructing safer roads, and the duty bearers are also doing their work. We will still continue to record the crashes because road safety management is a process. We all have to do our part to see 
to the restriction of the crashes. Research has shown that there are three basic factors that contribute to crashes. The condition of the road, right here, said, condition of the vehicle, and the human behavior. But research has shown that human behavior contributes a great chunk of the contributory factor. And so although the road might not be in good shape, it contribution is rather insignificant compared to our behavior. Uh, so also we are advocating that safety measures should be put on the road to save road users. If the road user is responsible enough, you will see a, a rather major um, reduction compared to the condition of the road. Pearl Edusu Satakla is PRO of the National Road Safety Authority. And before we go, Rapa Sakodie has explained why he recorded a song to respond to allegations he had played a role in actress Yvonne Nelson's decision to abort a baby in the early st- in the early stages of his career. He's been speaking on Way Up with Angela Yee in the United States of America. We could have a conversation if, if you want to talk about it because it involves me as well. Right. But because people know the SAC doesn't speak, you know, people think they can say something and no SAC is not going to speak and then right. it's going to get away with it. Yeah. You know? So once in a while, you know, you just... Let them poke the bear. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the so, <laughs> Who did you let hear this first? Was anybody in the studio with you when you did this? That's funny. I did not, my, my team is here. They're all like... People think my team is in support of what I did or the record. None mm-hmm. of them knew I, I did the record. And sometimes when I feel something, then the lyrics is going to come right there and then. So um, I sneaked into the studio to even record this. I didn't <laughs> let nobody hear it because I didn't want to hear no advice. Right. I just literally want to do what I felt at that mm-hmm. point. Um, yeah, and face the consequences later on. But it wasn't like.